This week's episode is brought to you by the new ban list. Remember when you were a kid and your brother punched you and then your parents came in and then your brother went, Ah, he hit me! And then your parents punished you? The new ban list. (sighs) Damn it! I'm Atlas. And I'm Matt. And we're here with... Gabe. Emphasis on the gay. <laughs> Gabe, okay, to those of you who have been listening for a while, I've ripped into Gabe at least more, like, at least six times more than I've gotten hugs from my dad, and that's you, a lot. Of all the videos, <laughs> of all the podcasts I've listened to, you've done it one time. Usually, usually with you, like it's like usually offhanded shit. So like just something like Gabe or I mutter. But I've only heard my yeah. name mentioned once. Is the point that I'm trying to make? Oh well, how many did you listen to? One. The, the, <laughs> then shut up. <laughs> anyway, so we, we 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 finally got him to come on because like you, you just you didn't give a shit like at all, and sure. yeah. So um, he he approached me with the idea. Of talking about uh, power creep in Vanguard, so uh, power creep is the, the like the act of card games releasing support that over time causes past support to just not matter because it's you know it's just not as good as the new stuff. Um, uh, some believe it's a necessary part of card games, others don't, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, Gabe, did you have any like? other thing you wanted to say about it before we get into it or um i mean power cube as a concept yeah you basically you explain it pretty well basically how as sets go on like the bar of how strong some stuff is increases more and more so yeah i um i watched a video of i played uh a lot of different card games Yu-Gi-Oh is one of them and i, I kind of keep up to date with uh yugi tubers and one of my favorite ones is um, Glasgow Yu-Gi-Oh! If you play Yu-Gi-Oh! You should check out his stuff. He has some pretty good stuff on there. He had a video about uh, Power Creep, and I was like, wow. He actually makes some very compelling arguments about uh, like Power Creep and its impact on games. So I just kind of felt like a desire to talk about it for this podcast. Sure. We just had a Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, YouTube channel plugged on a Vanguard podcast. This is awesome. I'm- I mean, give credit where credit is due. No, I get it. Like, yeah, uh, and, and I also play a fair bit of card games, and uh, I so I've and I've played many card games with rotations and without rotations in the past, and uh, have a good understanding of why power creep exists and uh, when when companies what companies' strategies are for to try to minimize uh, power creep. Yeah, well, the, the what you just so set rotation is when, uh, like you can only do. Uh, like you know, you can only play cards from certain sets, depending on like what the what the format is, right? Right. So, f- for instance, in uh, Magic the Gathering, which is very popular for epic rotations in the format called Standard, uh, you can only play cards of the past, say, two years ish, and uh, every other card past that it rotates out. So the cards that you had from several years ago are no longer playable in this standard format. But they also have other formats. They have like Commander right. and. Legacy. Commander is like a casual format. Modern is another competitive format that um, is 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 stable. It doesn't rotate, but it so more cards could add to it again and again and again. And they have even older formats like Legacy and Vintage at the beginning of time. 
What's the difference between legacy and vintage? Uh, legacy is a format where, well, maybe I should start with vintage. Vintage, you can play everything, uh, but a lot of cards are restricted to one. Oh, okay. So, for instance, there's these cards called the Power Nine, which include basically their zero mana artifacts that tap for mana. Mm-hmm. Is Black and, Lotus limited to one? Oh yeah, it's Black Lotus is limited to one, Mox Ruby, Mox Jet, etc. And, uh, and so it's to recall these kinds of cards. And these cards are not allowed in Legacy. Okay. So Legacy uh, eliminates these kind of really broken cards. So, vin- so Vintage is kind of like um, traditional in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because like Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! has like different f- formats too, but it's a lot less than Magic. But like Yu-Gi-Oh! obviously is, pl- is famous for its ban lists. And one of them is just how everything there, how limited they are, is knocked down by one in traditional. Like, if it's banned, it's at one. If it's limited, it's at two. Semi-limited, max out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then and then Vanguard doesn't technically have stuff like that, or at least none that people pay attention to. There's Extreme Fight, which is you can just mix clans. There's, um, there's also G-Regulation, which is anything from GBT-01 onward or any Anything that has a flag on its um card because if you yeah. look like next to the clan it'll also have the flag of the nation it's on and that only started since gbt1 and the promos around it onward if you look in the previous sets before none of them have flags so yeah and then also like if they reprint it in that era so for example they reprinted a nightmare doll alice is a secret rare but if they, were printed, if they were printed, it'll have the flag. Like, Sylvia, the yeah. Musketeer 7K, it was reprinted with a flag. No, but I'm saying, like, with with Alice, you can still play, like, your BTO3 Alice's because it's been oh, reprinted. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you like, have, as long as the card was reprinted in the era, you can use any iteration of the card. Exactly. Um, so, rip, gross. And then uh, we were talking about those before we started recording, but... Uh, Matt has decided to do, uh, like, among our friends, a uh, legacy format where it's just BTO1 to BTO9. Um, and extra boosters in between. And extra boosters in between. So what this means is no break rides. Uh, Duke. Duke. Yeah, that that's... Uh, I, I'm surprised no one's, like, mentioned that of everybody at school. Well, but... by the time, by the time uh, BTO9 came out, Duke had fallen off a little bit because, you know, there was, like, Vermilion and other BS. So... Yeah. Yeah, like, and honestly, uh, BTO9, like, because also Duke didn't have a lot of its own support in, like, its era. Like, certainly looking from between BT6 and BT9, when, like, pre-Break Right Gold Paladins existed, uh, there were, like, the two different playstyles, which were Ezel and, like, Ezel Field and, like, Pelinor support and Duke, which is Shadow Paladin. And a lot of the support really helped um, Ezel, and, like, not a lot of it was, like, helping Duke. So it had, it had a lot less support to work with, so you kind of had to run some just generic gold support back in those dark eras. I'm pretty sure the, the reason Spectral was, like, well, one, it was a restander, which is, you know, crazy at the time. Uh, it was the only non-on-hit restander that is before a wa- for like some time. Yeah, and then also it's a ride chain, so you have like a consistency to it, um, like or you know easier ride consistency. Check out our ride consistency episode for oh, more man. details. Hitting the ride chain with <laughs> Spectral Duke was so insane, though. That's true. It made you so well, unless you were like me and in your first time playing the deck and you re- did the ride chain for the first time, you called two heel triggers. 
I think I remember that. That average. was really funny. That <laughs> that made me that made me want to die. Yeah, I or, had yeah. I had a similar experience when I was uh, running uh, Thing uh, Saver, like how you know however many years later, where I had one in damage and I had set it up so I could do two like re legions in battle phase, and I have two left in deck. I go uh, Thing Saver, Twin Drive, Thing Saver, Thing Saver, Table Flip. I'm done. Like. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I played Thing Saver on release. That was kind of the whole shtick. That was the point of Thing Saver, just to use it twice in one yeah. turn. No, but just like having it do that, like so perfectly stupid. I was like, ugh. Or you could be that time that I played Miles, and in Raging Form eras, I damaged three of them. Are you serious? One hundred percent. It was great. That that that's some like Chrono shit, like where he's playing against the the Shin, and like he gets three Chrono Jets and damage. I'm like, that's not common. Uh, Why is it every time I play against Gear Chronicle they take draw triggers? That's true. What did you say, Dave? The difference is with Chrono, it didn't matter because his deck wasn't surrounded, centered around a superior Persona ride. That's true. He also had Ball Leap, so as long as there was a fourth copy in the deck. He was fine. Well, actually, no. He had Gear Eagle. This was before Ball Leaf, and then uh, Gear had... Eagle was after Ball Leaf. Okay, no, no, no. He had he had to use the fourth Chrono Jet as Stride Fodder. That's what it was. Whatever. Anyway, so um, with uh, with Power Creep, uh, like obviously, uh, Vanguard has you know Power Creep. Like early early days of the game had stuff where you would Counter Blast two and retire something. Or Counterblast 3, call a unit from the deck. This game was born power creeped, honestly. Then, as you get closer, I think around Legion era is where it starts speeding up more drastically. I think, I think, uh, really just break rides, like... Break rides? Yeah, I mean, so, the, there's, like, a big shift in the game once you hit from, like, pre-break ride to break ride. Mm-hmm. So, in your limit break era, like, you have, like, a lot of time to find, like, the stuff you need or, like, build your game. Because, you know, you can, you, like, people just dirtle around at 3 damage. And, like, try not to push each other to limit break if they didn't have, like, an answer for whatever the limit break was. <laughs> but, True. like, once break rides came out, uh, people would just sit on break rides. And so now, like, not only do you need, like, you know, to deal with their limit break or whatever, you also need, like, a PG because they're break riding. Yeah. And the break rides sometimes did, like, really absurd shit to absolutely nothing, depending on who your break ride was. So it's like really easy to die, especially the break guys that gain crits or something, yeah, or free field or whatever. And then and Link Joker, where you get to walk front row and back row back when Link Joker was disgusting. Yeah, yeah, or the Kagura one, which was you know restand. Yeah. Oh, Dauntless, yeah, just give anything a restand. Dauntless Joe, um, that was a fun deck. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Or um, what was another? What was another crazy break ride like? Uh... Mon Blaukluger, stand your field, boys. That's true. Even Ashley, like, Ashley was such a simple break ride, and it was still scary, because you go, break ride, plus 10k in a crit. Oh, shit. I'm at three. This is, like, if if he takes, if he gets a crit off that twin drive, I'm screwed. Like, what ended up happening was, if you were just on your regular limit break guy, yeah. you were just at a disadvantage than the person who was on their break ride. That's true. Yeah. Because if you hit... Go ahead. Okay, because break rides... No matter how good, no matter like, oh, there's obviously like a difference in like power between all the break rides, but no matter what they did, they were still good. There was not a single break ride that was inherent. I would inherently bad. Like even the worst break ride helped your game so much. Yeah, 
and like it, it pretty much made the old backup grade threes that people would run. You know, I'm talking about you know your 12k when attacks a vanguard, 12k when boosted. Yeah. You know, these kinds of like you know gigantic tech, whatever. Uh, yeah. Calculator, uh, hippo, magnet, crocodile, etc. Yeah, all of them are yeah. now irrelevant. Yeah, like That's all true. those cards don't matter. Well, t- yeah, but it, it, sorry, what? I was just gonna say like break rides were probably like the at least at the time the biggest like seismic shift the game saw just because it complete like it just added another four of staple to your deck that's true and if you look at the tournament results from when so the first break ride to hit the united states was um bermuda um whatever prism vert yeah and uh for the tournaments that followed until the tds came out for gold paladin and shadow paladin i believe yeah Sarah caught me Narukami oh, and Nar- sorry, gold powder Narukami. Um, you you should. It was just vert. Like I think, like there, each tournament had top two decks. One of the tournament was Hawaii, where both top players were vert. <laughs> and another also, tournament right after it was like vert something. Well, at, at, at least with Hawaii, like vert fits the environment. Oh, whatever. Anyway, it also wasn't just uh break rides though, because um, also alongside break rides. The like degree, like the degree in power of limit breaks, also saw a pretty seismic shift. Like from in set nine, you had the blood, which was counterblast three attack, five uh, k crit attack front row. In set ten, the immediate following set, you had descendant, which really stood with the crit, and gauntlet buster, which gained three k and a crit every time something was retired. It there was like even outside of break rides, there was just a huge increase in power from regular limit breaks well there's that and it was a much cheaper cost like descended counterblast one discard three yeah but it was a much cheaper cost because they introduced archetypes that's true archetypes yeah that started with uh 10 you, didn't it uh well depending on how you um technically it was musketeers but it wasn't a complete archetype until bt16 but that was sure. like musketeer and if you even count like the ten and twelve k for blaster from set five or risers, sorry, they existed also. Risers, forget about risers. I usually counted at least back in this era an archetype as an archetype if they had. I call them loyalty units, where when this unit attacks a vanguard, if you have this type of vanguard, this unit gets plus three k. Starlighter, eradicator, etc. I'm a frequent contributor on the wiki, and like they have all the different pages for like the differences between subclans and archetypes or whatever, and how the Vanguard wiki defines it is an archetype is like is a series of cards with dedicated support, but it isn't enough to make it um a one you can't make a one hundred percent pure deck. Like Blau is an archetype and not a subclan because there's only a limited amount of Blau here. So there's no Blau triggers. There's not enough Blau grade ones to make a dedicated grade one lineup. Yeah. But Beast Deity is a sub clan because from triggers to grade threes, you can make a pure Beast Deity deck. That's true. Sure. So maybe I, mean, I, that's, I, I that's was a thinking really good of sub clans then. But yeah, it I is mean, a good definition. Archetypes had 12K, 10 and 12Ks. Like Ezel has a tw- 10 and 12K. That's true. You got a point like, there. Like, like, I think the only real difference is just like the um like how full archetypes are, and then like to just to break it down slightly further, they have something called character archetypes, where it's revolved around a specific grade three. Like every GB is a character archetype: Gavrail, Asha, Night Rose, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, 
what what I think is funny. Okay, so it, like the game starts speeding up from like ten to, or you know, when Bermuda set ten to what like fifteen, and then sixteen. Did Legion slow everything down? Like how long a game takes? Because you would be putting stuff back all the time. I wasn't here it, for it. It only so. slowed it down because shu- it only shuffled it down because shuffling from returning your triggers just took for for fucking ever. Oh, okay. So it was like it was like the time leap conundrum where like you're just. Put back, yeah. shuffle, search the, you know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's okay. the only, re- like, game. I think games were proportionally the same. They might have been slightly slowed. I can't really remember. I don't think the grade two game was really played because a lot of the time you couldn't even legion your first turn on grade three and other, but, like, even if you could, like, legion, your opponent legioning first and your opponent striding first are two completely different games true because it's like one is twin drive one is triple drive and then you know and also power and effects like like there's like a lot of different like the the power creep also affected the skills so like grade fours had just had much stronger abilities than grade threes yeah matt are you still there yeah okay sorry i i'm actually I think the stride skills are just ever so slightly stronger than Legion skills, to be honest. Or, like, really just ever so slightly stronger than even, like, break right turns. Explain. But um, what, what, makes them, what makes it really strong is that, you know, you get this extra drive check, and, like, it's, the cost is lower. The cost is so much lower for strides than it is for, uh, for Legions or even break rides prior. Because, oh, like, a lot of things that were, like, Counter Blast 2 before now, like, Persona Flip. Yeah. It's just like sure. Now yeah. I, I I know that like friends of ours that we used to play with back in you know back in L.A. gave uh, you know with the advent of stride stride for a, a lot of people was the breaking point because for the longest time what, like people who came over to Vanguard from Yu-Gi-Oh were like oh I don't have to get an extra deck this is awesome and then strides came out and they're like you've become what I've hated. I'm leaving. Or just like the, I can, you can end the, you can end the game from three to six. That's stupid. Or whatever reason people had. Um, Now, do you think that like the game is progressing too fast since stride? I mean, not even since stride, because um, I'd say at least from how I think about it, like the leaps from, like, one mechanic to another are pretty drastic. Like, re- like regular limit breaks, like clans like Neonectar and Tachikaze from, with their BT-08 support compared to BT-10 Golds and Narukami, there was such a huge disparity in, like, their power levels. And from limit break to legion, there was a even probably an even bigger disparity from people that were stuck at four to people to stuck at three to being unable to use skills to people who could use skills by putting four triggers back in deck. Like the game, I think is Bushiro like really accelerates the speed of this game. Like the, the power bar raises so much higher with, with what with each like shifting mechanic. Well, I mean, because they have to constantly be, yeah, be outdoing themselves to sell packs. That's how yeah. power creep works. You gotta, you gotta sell stuff, which means you gotta have it like, you know, it's gotta be better than the things before it. And actually, I had a conversation with Matt about this a few weeks ago, where I was like, "How come there are cards and sets that so obviously no one's gonna play?" 
right? Matt, I mean, do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, oftentimes companies will print cards that are just completely unplayable. Like, completely unplayable. And this is fine. These cards need to exist. Um, so th there's a couple reasons for this. One is it helps players make card, card evaluations. Like, players need to at one point be able to look at a card and tell if a card is good or bad. Or at least have an inkling of whether the card might be good or might be bad. Yeah. And having bad cards allows people to do this. Every card in the set can't be insane. Like, otherwise you would never be able to compare a good card with a bad card. Um, another reason is that if every card in a set is good, then the power levels uh, at, between each set just drastically must jump. Yeah. Because you need to make a pile of insane cards. And even if you do make a pile of insane cards, some are going to be more insane than others. Yeah. Some it, are just going to do the same job as another card and just be better. It, it, it's a uh, positive feedback loop where, and unfortunately it's something that's unavoidable because Boucherode is a company above all else and they have to, you know, they got to sell packs. Um, with the, like, the bad cards, didn't you say there was, like, Gabe, did you ever try Force of Will? I can't remember. I did. Okay, so wasn't there a problem with just, like, the power creep happened faster than even Yu-Gi-Oh! levels, which took, like, what, 10 years to finally start doing that crazy shit from set to set? But I mean, I honestly never paid attention to the foul meta. Uh, like, I, I, uh, I am not the person to, like, talk on its behalf in the slightest. I'm sorry. There are several other better examples of Japanese card games uh, where um, I think one was I think one was called We Cross or something. Yeah. Oh like... god! Oh god! No, yeah, We Cross was was a huge mess. I played it. Um, like I, me, and two other friends, we got the Japanese trial decks. I got one. I think it was released like two or three months before the other two. I had a one hundred percent loss rate. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like. By the time set three came out, set one and two were basically irrelevant. Wow. Yeah. Like, White Cross had an insane power creep. Like, I literally, I remember being frustrated because we were all just playing trial decks, and I literally did not win a single game. Yeah. And I was playing, I, I was, I was playing green when I played, and if, and if you know anything about White Cross, green was actually just insane. Like they yeah. had heal triggers, and no, no, nobody else had a heal trigger. Like imagine that. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, but the, but the power creep was just so insane. I just moved out so quickly. I was like, I'm not playing this game. Interesting. So how how come like some companies you think like, uh, you know, deal with like containing too much power creep, while others don't? Like, it's how how is Buddy Fight with it, Gabe? Um, honestly. Buddy fight is a has a very um like I, I'm not trying to word this. It's like a very even like a very even distribution is I think is a bad way to phrase it. Like buddy fight, it started off as a huge huge mess because Dragon World got support in like every single set for like a solid year and a half. Mm -hmm. Like it, like and it's not like four or five cards like in the original five sets of vanguard nova grappler got um support in the first five sets in a row but in like set three it got four cards dragon world got like 10 to 15 a box and they even had an entire box dedicated to them so gear chronicle <laughs> but like worse yeah be the first three trial decks in buddy fight two of them were dragon world in interesting and like 
but like buddy fight has um gone on un- undergone some pretty like some changes like obviously worlds are stronger than others like i think the bottom three worlds in buddy fight are legend ancient and katana but buddy fight also has one of the most diverse metas i've ever seen in a card game like the last time i can't remember how long ago this was but it was decently recently decently recent the past the there was seven tier one decks like there were seven decks that were like legitimately fighting over had like all all had pretty even win rates in terms of a national qualifying tournaments. So but I'd say Buddy Fight, the power creep has been handled pretty well because while stuff has obviously gotten stronger, it's a bit more fair and like it's more fair in terms of one world to another in power. Okay. It's just how I would say it. One thing I want to bring up about how Boucherode has a unique position in handling power creep versus other companies, like, um, and I'm going to use Konami as an as a as a contrast here in a second. Konami's always um, the contrast. <laughs> I mean, well, it's a it's a very good contrast. Yeah. Um, but um, because of the clan system or the world system in Buddy Fight, they're able to distribute support over a long period of time, meaning that power creeps slower because support is being distributed like the same. Yeah level of support quote end quote even though that's not actually happening well because uh, they go kind of round robin with everything where you're like all right this right gets, yeah true whereas in, so- in Yu-Gi-Oh, there was generic stuff and there's all this you know mixing of clan or clans mixing of just like stuff like i have like a couple like pk fire is the most uh recent example of this where it's like you know burning abyss plus uh phantom knights right yeah yeah well that's, well that's yeah but also upcoming set that well uh, currently the most recent one is actually metal foes because metal foes a pretty splashable pendulum deck and th- afterwards it's going to be zodiac which is probably one of the most splashable archetypes in existence that archetype is that archetype is a cancer it is it's going to be a tier zero format for three weeks and then a, konami will pull out the emergency ban list yep yeah ha- well, has a uh... Has has that happened? Has anything happened in Japan for? Oh, I guess that's another thing to talk about. How power creep is slowed is ban list. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, as the name suggests, a ban list is when uh, a card or a combo has gotten you know done well. I get for lack of a better term, uh, to the point where uh, like the the powers that be will limit or ban that card because as people do, you if you have a box, you'll play to the edges. Like, they're... Okay, so, Gabe, one thing that annoys me about our group of friends is the whole Diablo thing, where, like, okay. people would just not stride into Phantom Blaster Diablo, even though it's the best option. And then I forget it exists, and then I get curb-stomped by it in a tournament, because who's gonna... Who, who, I don't need to have Mercy exhibited on me, and no one is gonna exhibit Mercy on you, you know, proverbially, in a tournament. So... It is it is things like it, I guess it's the equivalent of like if it was like turn of the century and like how monopolies happened where they're like can't you stop doing this well it's making me money why am I going to stop doing it you know why am I going to stop playing this combo if it's broken well because at least with us in casual games we really don't care about winning all that much and also Diablo is a very very boring way to win like if you have like one rear guard. Stride and one rear guard and five damage, and your opponent strides Diablo. 
That's it. Boring, yeah. way to, boring way to end a game. You could have seven in hand. You could have two. But that's just not even just Diablo. That's just how guard restricting is a really stupid mechanic. Like, guard restricting is my least favorite mechanic in the entirety of Vanguard. Hmm. Matt, what because, do you think about like, that? you could have an enormous hand and it, it just... Won't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I played back in Legion era when Prominence Glare was good. I could build up hand like of like eight plus, which is like really big, which is a pretty big deal. Which is big for the time, yes. (laughs) Yeah, and then it's just like, oh, you can't use grade ones. Well, okay, scoop. Miles um, won a tournament back in, back when set 11 was released with Aquaforce, you had last card Revan, which wasn't a terrible card, but why would you play Revan when you could have Break Ride Glory, which your opponent had to discard and then deal with Guard Restrict. Yeah. But that's um, just Guard Restrict as a whole, not inherently Power Creep or whatever. That's true. I actually don't think Guard Restrict is that bad by itself. The problem that I have with Guard Restrict is when it starts gaining crits. And Fair. Like, <laughs> like, starts getting crits and the power level and the power that monsters are swinging for now is so much higher. Like yeah. I, yeah. I thought Glory Maelstrom on release was very fair. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Upon release, Glory Maelstrom wasn't a huge deal. It was a a twenty three k where you couldn't use grade ones. That's not a big deal. Drop two ten k's, you have two to pass, and you can yeah. still intercept if you need to. Yeah, yeah. It was it, it, Glory, it was fine, but like the issue with guard restrict is as power levels powers just have to keep increasing because why would they make it weaker? Like yeah. that's just, that's just pay- terrible because no one's going to use that. That's horrible from a business standpoint. But because they keep getting bigger, it just becomes ridiculous. Like Ragnarok for Gear Chronicle BTO one, it was it gains no um, grade zeros. It was, a, it was a it thir- was a what zeros gain a crit. Okay, yeah. so it was PT or GG, and just like I, I'm like. I've lost a decent amount of games where I'm at two, three damage and they get a critical or two. And I'm like, I have seven in hand or I haven't even strode yet. And this is over. Yeah. I mean, one thing that did help balance that, which uh, like the whole striding first thing was G guardians. But at the same time, it has made it. So Matt, I I forgot what your uh, thing. Uh, my, 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 my opinion is that G guardians are an inherently, more powerful mechanic than stride by a lot. And I, I don't think it's like as small as it seems. I think that the fact that G guardians turn a heel trigger into, you know, three cards uh, at this point yeah. is really absurd. That's true. That's like very stri- true. Like That's striding is not like, inherently gaining probably a card or two, like when you stride, but G guardians are gaining just a ridiculous amount of cards, especially G guardians that can have an effect on your opponent's turn during their turn. Like, you know, header around, denial griffin, defeat flare. True. At the same time, with, like, because of stride numbers, well, I do agree with you that G-guards are great and they uh, give you an effective gain of one or two. They're not, they still don't solve a bit of the issue because uh, there's the token Rambu G-guard, if it's a Vanguard attacking, the attacking unit net gets up loses 10k and the shield gains 5k so it's basically a 30k g guard that's still 41 so it's while it is a one 
card two to pass, it's still only two to pass on the three drive. So you're like gear guards definitely help the issue and the issue with um uh guard restrict. It still like isn't inherently solid because while it obviously doesn't stop the attack, it also it relies on one of four cards in your deck. Right. And that's why when the Japanese list was posted just recently, I posted this to Reddit, and I think it's just spread everywhere at this point now. Um, Japan is unbanning Conroe. I think that's a really big deal. Yeah. Actually, so, we should probably, like, I don't want to do a full episode on the ban list. Why don't we just, like, take a buy road off for the sec- for a sec. So the new ban, the Japanese ban list that is going to be in effect on February 1st has uh, Urwitar, um Urwitar Limit, uh, Urbitar limited to one, Sanctuary Guard Dragon limited to one, uh, Seven Seas Night Runner limited to one, and you can no longer use it as your starting Vanguard. Um, Conroe unlimited. Is there anything else? Uh, anything else I'm missing? Nope. No, that's it. That's it. So that that's Very all the new stuff. List. What? Very small list. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, were confused and or annoyed by this because everyone uh, tends to agree. Then it's not Urwatar that's the problem for Gear Chronicle shenanigans. It's Melum. Um, Factual. Yeah, because Melum can you know search. I mean, Urwatar is very good. Yeah, and Melum's effect. Melum combined with TikTok gives you a plus one for no cost with a very weird loophole on the ruling that I still don't see make sense. Yeah. I hate that I mean, too. I, I get it, but I'm. Just, I mean, it's yeah. It's it's still. I I can definitely see where people would be kind of uh, annoyed by it. Um, it's like just the way that um, effects work. Like they just all go in standby, and they just resolve them in whatever order you want. But Melum's effect still just hanging out in standby, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's annoying. <sighs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't think this solves the problem either. Yeah. I think it's Bushiroad being really careful with their baby. What, with Gears? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also kind of confused because, let's be, we, we just have to be honest here. Melum, TikTok, Erwidar, and History Maker is objectively the strongest build Gear Chronicle has, even compared to the stuff they're getting after it. Like, the Clan Booster, it's still... Erwidar to History Maker. The character booster, it's still Erwidar to History Maker. Like, they're they're giving um, gear support, but nobody no one cares. Going to get it because it's weaker, which is honestly bad from a business standpoint because they're just making completely pointless support. Like, it might be crossover and Pegasus might be played if... TikTok and all of those guys were affected. But, like, first off, they're only limiting it to one. And also, Erwidar, even if you see it in your hand, you can call it in time leap it. The only way to really affect Erwidar is to hit it in damage, which is statistically unlikely. Well, there's that, yeah. especially now because there's less of them. But also, if uh, Gears has such a crazy, you know, uh, recycle engine that even you can go okay i'll heal it aluru put it back oh, take, yeah. away, take, it, take away put it back. about that you could yeah. literally just heal it and yeah. then use a g guard to put it back in there yeah it doesn't yeah. 
it it doesn't solve the problem even remotely. Actually, if anything, the the other de- the other like deck quote unquote uh, Chronofane that was like its main advantage engine. So if anything, you kneecapped the wrong guy, or, or it's like stepping on Chrono Jet's foot and then just kneecapping Chronofane. True. Yeah. Like yeah. He's like, ah, okay, I'm fine. And then he's like, oh god, you've killed me. I think that hurts Chronofang a lot, again. actually. Yeah, like only having one. Yeah, because that's that was Chronofang's advantage engine. Like, um, if you read the comments on the page that Matt posted on our group Facebook, um, I talked to Richard about like how to change the issue. And Yu-Gi-Oh and Buddy Fight have a stipulation where, um, well, obviously once like. Once per turn wouldn't affect Urwitar because once per turn means it if once per turn for that fit for that copy of the card. Yeah, but because it leaves and it comes back, right? Yeah, buddy fight. You you have a stipulation that's the ability of X card may only be used once per turn, which means no matter how many times you call the card, you can still only use the ability once during the turn. And they could have just errated those cards to say you can only do this. You or rather Melum or Urwadar to say you can only use the ability once, and that would completely make it fair. Yeah, like you can only use the effect the effect of Steam Maiden Melum once per turn, like with the the like name in quotes. That's like the way to word it, right? Yeah, like and Bushiroad also has a history of just kind of injecting inherent rules. Like before, like we have the clan fight rule, and you can only use one clan. But you can also use four blaster darks and royal paladin. You can also use reverse units and link joker. You, like you, you, you can't. Uh, you can use jewel knight sword and but only if you have jewel knight grade threes. Yeah, you but, can inject like what? Like honestly, what they even could have done was Erwidar. You may only use Erwidar if you have four copies of Chrono Fang Tiger in your deck. Yeah. Well, actually, they could just do four Chrono Fang before Chrono Jet. Maybe it's what do you mean? Oh yeah, sorry. But, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. And at the very least, in that case, half of your rides would lock you out of next stage. So even then, it's still kind of okay. I guess so. <sighs> but, like, you, there's a whole lot of ways that they could have handled this, and it didn't, it literally changes nothing. It just, it physically doesn't change the power disparity between Gear Chronicle and everything else <laughs> how they justified it was you could kind of shut down the play with a single trigger which is like kind of true but at the same time that's really relying on rngs to come and save you yeah hi hershey interesting in this ban list is they did hurt the one deck that was fighting gear chronicle true uh seven c's yeah yeah but the, the seven c's rush they really needed to hit seven C's because not only it hurt gear chronicle because it hurt game mechanics. It stopped people from playing the game. Yeah. You, because unlike decks that stalled at grade two, you still had sea breeze as an option. You can't sea breeze a grade one. So like yeah. I, I, I'm, because of that, well, I would argue that gear chronicle is stronger than seven C's seven C's was the more was like the worst thing to play against because you just couldn't play the game. Yeah. It was more of a hindrance to the enjoyment of the community. So I do agree with Bushiroad in that. But like Erwinar meant nothing. That's true. Like I um I I uh, a friend of ours bought a Night Rose deck online and the guy sent him the Seven Seas stuff just because eh fuck it take it it it's really cheap. 
So he has it as like a like a test subject. So I outfitted my Great Nature deck with early game stuff with the Duckbill, Mike Saburo, Compass Lion. So and you know, Chatnor is a break ride. So I have a really strong early game. So I was playing against it, and I wiped the floor with him. But it took forever, and it was really boring. I was just going break ride, attack things here, power attack, dies, draw cards. I don't get to like do my crayon tighter. I don't get to. I don't get to have fun. Exactly. So, like, that's why well, Gear Chronicle might be a stronger deck. Night, um, Seven Seas takes the fun out of it. Yeah. That's True. fair. But uh, I'm I'm just going to say that I'm really happy to see Conroe back in Japan. Really? I think Conroe I, I I, like, I, didn't matter anymore. Like, the Conroe, the real reason Conroe was banned was because it guaranteed you ride, being able to ride Novel Vague back in the Break Ride era. Yeah, because you can search for the grade one that like let you search for Nouvelle or whatever. Yeah, that obviously doesn't matter anymore because even if you ride Nouvelle, who cares? What do you get out of it? No, I mean getting getting a heel trigger guaranteed like from your deck with Conroe is like pretty relevant now. Yeah, true. But at the same time, um, you have Mecha Trainer being able to do the same thing, and you have Overlord being able to do the same thing. I'm I'm just saying that those these clans are very different, right? Yeah. True. Very true. But like, G guards are the G guards of one clan are absolutely nuts, where the G guards of the other clan are terrible. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Sorry, Fair. proof. Yeah. I but mean, like, just, but also at the same time, that just kind of says that, like, there's still the whole thing about you're still at like actively taking a heal out of your deck. So while you do guarantee a G guard, you also guarantee a smaller chance of being able to lower your damage count. So it also does come with its own drawbacks. Yeah. Sure. But I think so, I think the in, I think the average upside is going to be way higher than the average drawback. True. Oh, definitely, and it's also much easier to quantify the upside because you guarantee the G guard versus an already inherent, maybe not seeing a heal. But like, there's still all I was trying to point out was there still is some kind of drawback to it. Yeah, I'm lowering my ten percent chance to heal, like you know, eight <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Matt, Matt, Mister No Heal. That uh, poor guy. Anyway, lots of so, do though. Yeah, I know. Uh, I I don't know if uh, if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but we call it Barber's Law, where the more copies of a card that you run, the less likely you are to see it, and vice versa. Because uh, he, you know, Matt's a big Dimension Police fan and runs like ten grade threes and you know Dimensional Robos and sees like I think two of them. <laughs> you know, some... oh, I, I've I've assisted for grade threes with that deck more than any other deck. <laughs> exactly, Barber's Law. It's a thing. D- d- hashtag Barber's Law. Make it a thing. Glad I placed uh, Ride Potter in there. Yeah, exactly. That's actually true because back when B- GBTO3 first dropped, um, thanks to Pwill, you could guarantee re-standing Spectral Duke twice in a single turn, so I just built a Break Ride Duke deck. And I tacked in one Gurgit for fun, and granted, I was running Stride Fodder. I wrote Gurgit enough to justify me wanting to play a Gurgit deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, let's see. So, are there any other things about, like, this ban list? Uh, all, all I can say is, like, Bushiroad kind of fucked up, I think. Well, Bushiroad, the only thing they fucked up with is Urwadar and just Gear Chronicle as a whole. Because everything else, I actually completely agree with. Yeah. Night Runner, no starting Vanguard, and one copy, great. Yeah. Conroe fan, great. Saint Guard to one, fine. I haven't played against. We obviously TCG is different because we are just now getting Sank Guard arc. 
So I don't really know how the OCG meta and arc as a whole fits into it. But I, I think they just run the four Sanctuary Guard Dragon anyway. Um, that they only run four Sanctuary Dragon. They yeah. run no other grade three. So, so well, oh. there, there's that, and like this was outclassing every other type of Royal Paladin stuff. So they they finally just needed to like get rid of that thing. Um, True, because arc makes uh, it much more of a stride based deck at the yeah. very least. So I Sanctuary to one, that's fine. Yeah. Everything besides how they handled Gear Chronicle, was completely okay. Yeah. Although, I, I, I cannot wait to tell Jesse G, because he's been a freak. I haven't seen his reaction yet, because he just went and got all the St. Card stuff. So if this turns out to come over to the West, he, he, like, poor bastard. Anyway. Um, well, she gets, like, two or three months before it affects us. That's true. Um, Let's see here. Now... With the other, we've talked about like power creep, and it is necessary. It sucks, whatever. Set rotation, How, like what's um, what do you think? Do you think Vanguard could benefit from set rotation? Uh, Honestly, I I say no, just because competitively speaking, it wouldn't make a difference. Because if you look at every single tournament. The only prize is an accolade. There is no money prize. There's not even a real trophy. It's just a piece of paper with your name on it. So I say it wouldn't benefit because all it would do is create a tournament with a different restriction with a different ban list. And that's really it. It wouldn't make a difference either way because no matter what, you're gonna walk away with the same prize and the just the same general feeling. So I really don't think set rotation will really affect Vanguard that much. Hmm. I think that's a fair point. And also, what I like about how Vanguard creates cards is when they throw back to really old archetypes. Yeah, True. Actually, I actually really like that about the game. Like, oh, well, we're going to throw... Here's, you know, random Jewel Knight stuff, or here's random Vermilion stuff. I think that's, like, really neat. And uh, I think that really hurts that kind of stuff, that there's some kind of rotation where they can no longer print cards like that because they don't make sense. That's true. Yeah. And, like, I think Legacy is actually what keeps a decent amount of people in the game because it it is literally... It is, I had this conversation with somebody back when Character Booster 1 was still being leaked, and, like... Legacy support... Like, what we were talking about earlier with, like, generic support cards... Legacy support is inherently any, no matter how bad the card, legacy support is inherently better than any generic um, card that will, would be unseen. Like Neo Nectar, it got that um, like Soul Blast one kill itself clone something. That is inherently worse than an Arboros crit with no skill because for the people that play legacy, even if it's smaller than the people that play Asha, more there will still be more people in the legacy faction that play Arboros that will use that crit, then there will be people now who play Osh that will use that grade three. Okay. So I just, legacy is great. It keeps like, it, keep, it like gives, it gives something for everybody. For the people who say, oh, I don't care about this support. Maybe I don't want to play it anymore. And then, oh, wait a minute. That deck that I loved is getting support again. Like Blau. I'm, I got a little bit bored of Victor. Blau was my favorite deck. Blau's getting stuff. That makes me so happy. Arboros. Arboros came back. That makes me really happy. Hmm. Matt, so like, sorry, what? 
No but doubt. That, I was just going to go with that. Like, legacy support is better than, like, those bad generic stuff that, like, the, the, the space fillers that were used as, like, a test, as a control group to ju- justify the value of cards because at least legacy support will legitimately be used. Hmm. True. Matt, what do you think? About legacy support? Uh, well, no, I know, I know you like legacy support, but, um, like, okay, so compared to, like, Magic or Pokemon, what's, uh, what, what makes it work for those games as opposed to? So what makes it work for Magic is that they break it up into blocks. So there's, like, basically there's, like, here's some blocks of cards of cards that work together, and they rotate by blocks. So you're never going to end up with cards that just don't no longer fit. Like, right now, there's a mechanic in Kaladesh called Energy, yeah. in which, like, you'll gain energy by playing cards, and some, a lot of the times those cards will also spend energy, mm-hmm. and you spend energy to do cool stuff. Okay. But all the energy cards are going to be contained in this block, meaning when this block rotates, you're not leaving energy cards around, just all of them are leaving. So was, was the game built around set rotation, like, from... No. Um, um, the, the game at the first was built just, you know, here's some spells, here's yeah. some monsters, you know. But there was some mismatch of uh, power in those things. Yeah. Like, back in old Magic, spells were much, much more powerful than creatures. And so a lot of people just didn't play creatures, because why would you when you could play all these sweet spells? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But the block rotation and the fact that there's, like, themes in the block um, really help the rotation system work. Yeah. Where Vanguard, you don't really have themes in, like, blocks of sets you have new mechanics yeah and so i don't and some of them are the old mechanics are like not irrelevant so you don't want to you don't want to just ignore them completely Mm. bushiroad actually does that because um it's kind of a double-edged sword but what 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 bushiroad does with new mechanics is they new mechanics and um increased and with power creep to at least help justify using old support is they create restrictions. Like, they created GB... Like, Generation Break, right? Yeah, they created GBs, which were... Um, like, a GB rearguard is... Like, it, if you look just at its skill and not cost or restriction, is inherently better... Will, will probably be better than a non-GB rearguard. Like, the original Berserk Lord is on call or ride counterblast to retire something. Then there's the G... Then there's the... The... Legend deck Berserk Lord, which is when your grade four Vanguard attacks Kyronblast when retire or something, which is not usable one time and has a less cost, but be, but is GB restricted. So because it is restricted to the point where you have to be at grade three and have stridden once, there is still some justification to use Berserk Lord because you can st- the original Berserk because you can at least stay in the early stages and use its ability. Obviously, Berserk Lord is better, but there is still that small but noticeable justification of the original Berserk. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's funny just because, like, the Vanguard, what we're like, they're, Boucher is making all these cards that are, you know, you're doing crazy shit in, like, the mid to late game. Like, all your strides and all your restandings and crits and guard restricts and all that stuff. And then that's ironically made this state where, like, oh, th- I, I can do this in the early game. This makes it way better, you know? Yeah, like, I, like, nowadays I'm a lot more scared to be at 3 damage when I ride to grade 3 than back in Limit Break era. Yeah. Actually, if anything, you were happy, because you were like, alright, one more damage, let's do it. 
<laughs> True, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Any any other uh, like things to add? Um, I think I like. I say like with um a bit of leniency when I say that I like power creep because power creep kind of is what makes stuff interesting. Like power creep is what gives us mechanics because with the introduction of mechanics, they will inherently be better than the previous because why would they release a new mechanic unplayed? Which yeah. is the question we asked Bushiroad, why are you making crossover and not people Pegasus if Malum and History Maker exist? Yeah. But it just because of power creep, that's what allows us to get the new mechanics like Stride, Legion, Break Ride, and actually ask, actually systematically change the game. Power Creep is what got Yu-Gi-Oh! to go from fusions being unable to be fusion monsters being only being able to be summoned through fusion summon to synchros which were which instead of requiring three cards required two minimum but you could still easily use two and you could still monster reborn it to axes to pendulum and bringing fusions to being able to be a lot easier summoned and special summoned through other means it's just power creep is what lets the game actually change a lot because without power creep it would honestly just be the same stuff moderately changed. Like, for, at least Miles, our friend Miles, he played Pokemon for a little bit, and he told me that there are a couple cards that are literally just copy and paste of the exact same effect, but beca- but they're just different cards, so you could run multiple. And I'm just like, okay, that's stupid. I'd prefer to use a different mechanic or a different engine completely than just this, literally the exact same card. I think power creep is what makes like it, it, it like it's got it's a bit of a dirty word now, but like you, you know, there's still this like oh shit, this thing's getting support, and then in the back of your mind, you know that because power creep is a thing, these new cards are going to be better than the shit we had before. It's exciting, you know, like oh man, Murakumo's getting stuff in set ten. I wonder what it's gonna. Okay, you can't you can top Murakumo pretty easily, but you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, because like if if every if there, if power creep wasn't a thing, it'd be like okay, this is it's going to be the same thing in a slightly different packaging. Maybe it'll do something interesting with that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Hang but on, a, it's, wait. Um, yeah, sorry. Finish. No, that was it. It just like it's if it's still going to be the exact same thing. Yeah, going to be the exact same thing. So who cares? Yeah. Um. All right, uh, Matt's internet cut out. Sorry, I gotta, we gotta uh, finish. I'm the... back. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you you just missed the long thing about like power creep. Power creep makes it, the game exciting because all the new stuff is like we. I was gonna make my of... comment. What? I was gonna make my comment afterward. Go for it. All right. So, uh, power creep. I think while I'm not a huge fan of power creep, uh, at least uh, not as big a fan as as a uh, game here. Yeah. Um, I do think it is necessary because you must either have rotations in order to keep power levels of cards down, or you must have power creep. Uh, I do think that power creep can be done in unique ways so that cards just aren't becoming completely irrelevant at a very fast rate. Yeah. And, and I hope that the people creating mechanics at Boucher Road going, going forward will be creative with how they want to make new mechanics. I hope so. So uh, uh, I do think that, like, G-Guardian is, like, a unique way, while it did indeed power creep, 
um, it is a unique way where you're not just making cards that were previously existed irrelevant. Yeah. Like, also, I like Bushiroad. It did. It did power creep. Kind of. They haven't. They didn't handle power creep that well. Like as I said earlier, break ride and limit break to Legion and original limit breaks to break ride. Those were power creeped so hard it completely invalidated them. Like, yeah, I like the I, I like break ride as a as a mechanic, and I I thought Legion was interesting at the time. So I I like how they did something new, but they just didn't. I'd say Bushiro didn't handle it well because the support immediately prior was completely invalidated. Yeah, that's fair. Well, so and I want to go back on my point because G Guardians did kill uh, a lot of leftover Legions and Silent Tom and. Yeah. You know these kind of uh, yeah, these, these kinds of cards. So the, I, yeah, it's like G Guardians did just make a lot of strong rear guards and previous uh, legions just completely irrelevant. Yeah. Though, well, obviously, uh, though I'm as we, we've discussed, I'm kind of okay with that level of power creep, as I'm very against guard restricting. As it's kind of become ridiculous. So sure. I'm I'm happy about it when my opponent. Diablo's me. I use two rain breaths, call two interceptors, and then guard without having with with those interceptors and G guards. So when that happens, I'm fine. But like, that's just because I hate guard restrict that much. Yeah, I mean, like, Bushiroad's not perfect. No company is, but could be worse. We could be playing Luck and Logic. Hey, Luck and Logic's great. I I I, I tried it. I don't like it. <laughs> so. I, I learned the rules today, actually. How was that? I don't know. The game seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's like. Uh, oh no, you continue. Uh, based on what I was told about the colors, I would just play the defensive one because yeah. you're limited on attacks. I am, at least from how I perceive the game, Luck and Logic is one of probably one of the most skillful games I've ever seen. Just because it requires so much thought and like when you should do your logic drives. And what logic drives, and like when you should do your logic drives, what cards to play when you're in the middle of a battle, and are you going to really tap, tap and draw, and tap and draw, and playing stuff? So like, I, I, it takes takes a lot of thought. Like, it's it's a pretty straightforward as it's pretty straightforward as a game. It's kind of it's simple to understand, but it is so hard to be good at. I don't know. I I I just think like Bushy's spreading themselves too thin. Like they they've got four games now, it's a bit much I think, but whatever. Um, I'm not here to bad bad mouth luck and logic. I'm just here to make fun of it. Now, uh, do you so I, I'm I'm kind of out of stuff to talk about. If you guys, unless you guys have uh, any other things to say. Uh, I mean, I got nothing off the top of my head. If Matt has a, like a topic, I'd be glad to chime in. But I got nothing. No, I think uh, I think we covered a pretty good amount of power creep, and I just want to kind of end on the note that um, while power creep kind of it definitely can hurt sometimes, like it, you definitely feel it. it. Yeah, it it does pop up, and the Bushiroad it kind of ramps up whenever a new mechanic happens. Yeah. Um, but there are games where power creep is much worse. Um, and just let's say there's at least not staples that everybody needs four of. That's true. Solemn strike. And there's no pot of uh, what what is it called? Desires. Pot of desires. It used to pot be... of desires is terrible. It's a friggin' <laughs> neg seven. It, it used to be no, it's not. It, it used to be pot of avarice. That was the big one when I when, back back in my day, Sonny. No, 
Um, Plot of Avarice was great. Plot of Desire is you lose your entire engine. I was playing with my brother. He was playing Metal Foes. He banished three of his Metal Foes fusion. And I'm like, yep, that's why I hate Plot of Desire. That's why you search them first, obviously. Well, true. But, like, that was, uh, like, a miss. But, like, I can't remember the situation. Maybe it was a misplay. Maybe it's because he didn't have his search engine. But the point is, you can... I think, like, in the, the national tournament or whatever... A guy was playing blue eyes. He potted desired three blue eyes. So, <laughs> and that's what like, he used to playing blue eyes. Well, true. Okay, <laughs> wait, hang on. Okay, do you guys remember in you random side note? Do you guys remember in Udio there was the the German guy in that tournament, Siegfried, and Siegfried von yeah. Schroeder. Yeah. So th- th- there's a thing, or he's, there's a scene where he's playing against Kaiva, and he's got these three cards that allow you to look at the three cards, the top three cards of your opponent's deck, put them in any order. And then guess the top one if you're right, it's summoned. And then if you guess the face down card, it's banished. So he's like taking cards out of the opponent's deck and he like does it to Kaiba and the top thing, three things are three blue eyes. He's like, oh shit, three blue eyes. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's just what it reminded me of when you just said that. What a good season. Yeah. The, the Waking the Dragons and uh, Grand Championship were pretty good, I think. Anyway. Um, Whatever. So that, that that was Power Creep. If you have any uh, things to say about it, or if you want to yell at us, that's cool. You can uh, you can tweet at Nexus at night. Uh, you can also email Team Nexus Vanguard at Gmail. I'm also thinking about getting an Instagram for the podcast, just so you can. I'm like I'm in my underwear on a Tuesday. Yeah, like I, I don't really know what no I. No one wants to see it, that. But, yeah. Well, please like, comment on our uh, Reddit. We love telling you that Narukami sucks. Oh God, we <laughs> should probably we should probably devote that. We should devote an episode to that too. But uh, until next time, I was Atlas. I'm at. I'm still Gabe. And have a good night, everyone. You too. take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast uh i also recommend sharing it with your friends family anybody who likes vanguard uh you can find us on soundcloud or on your podcast app that little purple thing that goes in the folder that of the stuff you can't delete like stocks who uses stocks anyway you can also tweet me atlas novak so at a-t-l-a-s-n-o-v-a-c-k you can also tweet at nexus at night n-e-x-u-s-a-t-n-i-g-h-t or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, we have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.